0: This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. Yeah,
1: Father, we welcome you. We delight in you. And uh, we want to set aside this time, sacred time, Father, that you can come and meet with us. And we can meet with you. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you will alight upon me and enable me to communicate what heaven is saying, what your word is saying. And uh, we just, we pull on your anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So, recap. Last week, Okay, where was I reading from last week? Wave at me if you weren't here last week. Okay, so some of you weren't here. So I really encourage you to listen online. I'm not trying to big myself up, but do listen online. I was blessed. I think quite a lot of us were blessed by it. I shared from Song of Songs particular passage in chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5. And it's really reflecting the heart of worship and that how we... Bring worship out of the treasures within us. It's about intimacy with Jesus. And it's about satisfying Jesus first. And then we are satisfied. Read the scripture. You'll understand what I'm saying. So that was very much the heart of worship. And today I'm going to focus much more on the how of worship. Okay. And I've just got this burden. Sounds spiritual, doesn't it? To take my shoes off. Now. It's good to mix it up and shake it up. This is so unconventional, isn't it? What conference would you go to where somebody kicks the shoes off and starts to share? Well, look, we're not bound by human restrictions, by man-made ways. We have got to be free. We are called Freedom Church. God is going to press and hound us with that. He called us Freedom Church. We said, yes, Lord, we will be Freedom Church. Well, he's going to hound us where we aren't free. He wants us to become free because the world needs freedom. And it has to happen here. Scary, I know, but I'd much rather be free. So, the how of worship. Well, we are going to take our inspiration from Psalms. Um, Now... Does everybody know what Psalms is? Shout at me if you don't know what the Psalms are. It's all quiet. That's good. Well, I hope you are. Well, the Psalms are 150 Jewish songs in the Old Testament. It's the Jewish hymn book. We've kind of um, taken it on board as well. And if you didn't know already, Psalms is a book of emotions, a book of the heart, A book of human experience. And in there, we will get insight as to the how of worship. It's right in the center of your Bible, the very heart of your Bible. Psalm 118 is the very middle of the Bible, and it's preceded by the shortest psalm and followed by the longest psalm. It's bang in the middle. It's amazing, isn't it? God's design, and that was actually man put in the chapters. But it's amazing how that was even overshadowed by God to an extent. I mean, it does fall down sometimes, but hey, I like things like that. And I want to say that singing is a fundamental part of Christian worship, and in case you didn't know. Worship music has become big, big big, business down here, hasn't it? How many CDs are produced with songs, or all the others, DVDs and all those MP3s and all the other digital stuff. That, the download links and everything on Christian worship music. But do you know what? It might be big business down here. But it's even bigger business in heaven. We are going to worship the Lamb for eternity. That blows our circuits because it's like, how? Well, we are stuck inside time. Don't get freaked about it. And you're not going to s- sit on a cloud and pluck your harp. Heaven is in a most amazing place. If you think there's a lot of stuff and activity in this earthly realm, heaven much more. It's more real than our experience here. There's activity and creativity and amazing stuff. You will not be disappointed, I assure you. But worship will be the centre of it. So how about getting prepared now and learning how do we worship the King of Kings? But all of this its more than just singing, isn't it? It's more than just singing songs. Did you know that there are around about 170 references to the word praise, praises and praising throughout the Psalms? And praise means to express warm approval or adri- admiration of someone or something. Okay. Express one's respect and gratitude towards such as a deity, especially in song. Okay. Now this is a dictionary definition, okay? What about worship? Okay. Well, let's see what the dictionary said about that. To honor. Or offer reverence to a deity. To regard with great or excessive respect. Admiration or devotion. And I just want to point out something here. One of the fundamental themes of human experience. Is the issue of worship. What do you worship? Now for the uh, first world mindset, the, the cultural paradigm, that's quite an alien thing. You say to somebody, oh, what do you worship? You said, beg your pardon. But most people worship something. They give high respect and time of devotion to something. Football, mm, yeah. gambling, um, work, holidays, experiences, family. Who knows what it is? But it boils down to a form of worship. That is the thing they place highest in their life. The devil's happy with that, keeping them away from worshipping Jesus. Because that is what is the foundation of eternal things bringing up from earth into eternity. The worship of the King of Kings, which is why it's so important. It's why we're giving time to understanding and working with this more. And worship brings alignment to the destiny in us as individuals, as a company, as the kingdom of God in the earth. Worship brings things back into order. And there's so much I could share about worship, but I'm not going to go into great details. And I'm focusing on the very acts of this kind of worship. But there's worship in work and service and many, many other things, art or whatever it might be. But here is where we give devoted attention to Jesus himself consciously. We bring our faculties to him, to lift him up, honour him and receive from heaven. But it isn't just about the receiving from heaven. Now, I've taught and used the dictionary definition of praise and worship. They're fairly similar. But I believe for the Christian, there's quite a big distinction between praise and and worship. Now, praise is very much connected with the will. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I will praise the Lord. Now, I will means you're going to do it. I don't care what you feel like, you're going to do it. I will bring a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice sometimes, isn't it? And again, it's a teaching element here. That as we learn to do this, it says to circumstances, you're not going to dictate to me how I I run my life. I'm going to elevate Jesus and I'm going to confess he's Lord and he's ruling over these situations that are coming against me. Praise helps that happen. And then the worship. Now, so praise very much about the conscious will and decision. To elevate Jesus. Worship, on the other hand, is something that springs up from within. Now, yeah, there is a blurring in all of this. But I'm trying to help us see a progression. Worship, for the Christian, is about a heart response to something. Or seeing something Jesus has done. Or seeing afresh what he's done for us. And I'll just give you an example this week. Uh, It's mental health week coming to an end. Um, nationally and there was a a program on TV there's a series that's just kicked off on BBC about mental health and me I think it's called and um, bear with me if I shed a tear or two now but I watched why am I so emotional Nadia the Bake Off winner the lady that lovely lovely soul she was so open about the mental health traumas that she experiences anxiety anxiety and panic attacks, and all sorts, and it stemmed back from some horrendous childhood experience at school. Just appalling, I won't even explain what happened to her. And she was talking about things, and I could really relate to a lot of the emotional stuff she was describing, because I have a history of what would be described as mental health issues. And it's nothing abnormal or unusual, really, these days. But I could relate to a lot, but I just began to worship God because I thought, Jesus, you have set me free. You have set me free. (sighs) And In the same breath of worship came God. These people, there was Nadia, there was Alistair Campbell in his 50s, talking about, this was on the trailer, talking about this horrendous depression that clouds him and comes over him. And I thought, God, I know that. I've been there. I understand that. I am free. God set these people free. Deliverance is there. Deliverance is there for these people. We have the answer. God give us the wisdom to know how we pray it in, how we demonstrate it, how we administer it. But there are people suffering and we've got the answer. Now, I just want to say, and I don't know the proper phrase or phrasing of this, but There's a truth about worship. You can't get lost in wonder during worship for long without wondering about the lost. Jesus' passion is to see. Brothers and sisters come in. He wants to see people born again. And this last year I had a really strong burden about evangelism. And then it turned to worship. And and I was moving forward and I thought, God, what about evangelism? We didn't do much. But I believe what God is saying is he wants to steep us in those foundations. Do you remember a few weeks ago I talked about God saying you need to strengthen your foundations? Worship is the place where we will receive from heaven. We will be strengthened. We will be empowered. We'll be emboldened. We will be releasing things as we worship. Divine appointments to step into for one. Well, we will share the gospel in a timely way. So worship is a key foundation, and out of that will spring salvation. We are to be a people who are fruitful. And we are on a journey, and we need to take that word out there. This is part and parcel of this journey of worship that we spill over. So hold that thought with you. Pray over it. Now, I was saying that praise is about 170 references and praise is about the will. Worship in the Psalms has about 15 mentions. That's interesting. So maybe praise and worship is much more about the will and the intent than about the goosebumps. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will lift him up and you know we have to train ourselves to praise which then can lead to worship now it doesn't always and sometimes you don't always have the time i love there's a verse it's somewhere there's i think it's quoted in mark and matthew i'm not sure towards the end it says and they sang a hymn and went home yeah. so cope with it when we only have a short time of worship just because of the the practicalities of a morning but there is also a place for extended fellowship in worship with Jesus and the angels and Holy Spirit. Stuff happens. So I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Praise is the gateway to his presence. And I also want to just remind us about Hebrews thirteen fifteen. It says, Through Jesus, therefore... Let us continually offer to God. Everybody say continually. That's a challenge. A sacrifice of praise. Everybody say a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess his name. Do you know that is meant to be the fruit of our lives that we we praise him. We love him. We just say, thank you, Jesus. The lights turn green. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, do you know, what? driving to work this week, there's a little junction at Colton Roundabout with a little tricky little slip road right through the middle. And if you don't get the timing right, you, you miss the lights or whatever. And th- they were just crossing the roundabout, just setting off. And the guy in front of the guy in front of me slams his brakes on. The guy in front of me slams his brakes on. And I just, I must have been a whisker away from hitting me. It was like... <laughs> Brakes on, slam.
0: Do, 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 do. I thought,
1: thank you, God, those brakes work. Praise you, Father. Fruit of lips that confess His name. Okay, I want to look at one or two other definitions. So, exalt. Exalt, think or speak very highly of someone or something. Raise to a higher rank or position. So when we come to exalt God, praise and worship him, we are lifting God up. Now, he's already lifted up, isn't he? However, we are lifting him up in this place, in our hearts particularly, and declaring a truth into this earthly realm which is yet to be brought under submission. But as we do this, we are bringing stuff under submission to the throne of God. We're lifting him up, Psalm twenty-two, three. Make a note of that one and memorize it. It's quite easy. God is holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. All right, so let's all learn that, shall we? So say after me, Psalm twenty-two, verse three. Psalm 22, verse 3. God is holy, God is holy. Enthroned, in the praises of Israel. enthroned in the praises of Israel. Okay, that was revision. Over to you. Okay, so half of you need to come back after school and we'll practice in detention. Okay, no, no, not bad. You'll remember that. you remember the heart of it. God is enthroned in the praises of Israel. Hey, when we praise, heaven takes note. Okay, one more word with a definition. Glorify. Mm, I wonder what that means. We kind of know, don't we? But what does it actually mean? It's a bit of an odd word, isn't it? You don't use it very much unless people say, oh, they're glorifying violence or whatever. But it means to praise and worship. Oh, it's quite simple. But also it says here to acknowledge and reveal the majesty and splendor of God by one's actions. So... I want us to explore the whole aspect of by our actions. Everybody say, by our actions. By our actions. Okay, so this is, remember, the how of worship. We talked about the heart of worship, but there is a demonstration. Okay, and I'm going to touch on some of the things which are in the word. It's here. So, don't come at me and say, well, well. So, the first one, you all need to wave at me. Can you all wave at me? Okay. That's not in the Bible. That's fine. But what was at the end of your arm? A hand. Right. So, the first word is clap. Okay. Psalm 47, 1 says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Um, I wonder if that means all the nations. Hmm, okay. Psalm 98 verse 8 says, Let the rivers clap their hands. Ooh, yeah. I think there's a message here about inclusivity. It's a big word. I think God's saying, I expect applause. So if the rivers are going to clap their hands, how much more should we? If the nations are going to be clapping their hands, how much more should we? God Warrants it, doesn't he? Okay. So, the next word I want to look at is bow down or korah. And it means, camera follow me. It means bend the knee. To sink. Prostrate. I won't do that one. Ouch! that hurt. Fall, kneeling, stoop down. Okay. Do you know when I was preparing this, oh sorry, the reference, Psalm 95 verse 6, let us worship and bow down. Let us come before the Lord our maker. It's a very real thing. And do you know what? Every Friday, thousands upon thousands of Muslims bow down, camera follow me, and they do that, don't they? They worship a God they don't know. How much more should we? express that, not for the sake of it, not out of dogma, not out of you will bow down, but out of a heart response. I have found when I have knelt in worship, there's something that happens. If I feel prompted in that, it's a place of surrender. I can't suddenly run away. I'm on my knees. I'm vulnerable. It's saying something to God. And for all the the denominations can have the negativities, I think sometimes liturgical worship where we kneel to pray... Is is a beautiful thing. I've been blessed when I've knelt in a pew and prayed. So how about us? You know, I got excited. I found wow, there's a there's a a, a verse or two in the New Testament with this in. I thought, oh great. I thought, I don't I don't remember this. What's was this? And they bowed down and worshipped him. I thought, wow, it must be the kings bringing the gifts. And do you know what it was? Hmm. <sighs> <sighs> when the soldiers mocked Jesus. They mocked him by kneeling down. How much more should we reverse that and say, Jesus, we we kneel before you and we worship you in spirit and in truth. We worship you because you are the king of kings. They mocked him. But we know the truth. Okay, another word. I like this one. Rizon you'll like this one too. Shout aloud! Come on. There's only eight references, you might be relieved to hear. <laughs> but this word is Ronan, and it means to creak. I certainly know that when I bend. Or emit a strident sound, i.e., to shout. Okay, now it's in the scripture. And do you know what? The NIV. And I'm sure it's conservative American Christian translation. It says, shout aloud for joy. But I think it should be shout. I mean, no, sing aloud for joy. So it's sing aloud for joy. But it really, the word is, um, it says, they actually agree. It says in 35, 27, may those who delight in my vindication shout aloud for joy and gladness. But they translate it elsewhere as sing aloud for joy. And actually, it's exactly the same word. So why do that? And in the old uh, New American Standard Bible, the New King James, it says, shout aloud. So a few examples. Psalm 511. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. 3211. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice and shout for joy. Psalm 47, 1 and 5. Clap your hands, all your nations. We've heard, shout to God with cries of joy. Verse 5, God has ascended amidst shouts of joy. 132, verses 9 and 16. Let a priest be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. I will clothe a priest with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Shouting in the house or the tents of the righteous. Come on, there's a... A victory shout it talks about. And there's a place for that in our worship. You don't want somebody just shouting all the morning, but there is a place for us to express something. And you know, when um, I go into schools a lot, and when I hear a teacher shout, it still, still makes me. And I feel like, don't. You know, I often go to a classroom, and sometimes the teachers have to raise the voice to the kids, and it still does something. There is something powerful when we shout in the invisible realm and what goes on in darkness. They hear a victory shout, whoa, hang on, the demons are trembling. Well, what's going on? What are they going to do next? There is power when we shout. Okay, so the last word I want us to look at is the word, I wonder if anybody's going to guess what it might be. Dance. Dance. It is the word dance. Now, it's not dance. Okay. I don't really know how to dance. Sorry, camera. Um, It actually means to whirl. Just get crazy about this. You know, um, anybody heard of the whirling dervishes? I mean, it's a bit of a negative thing, but they just whirl about madly and probably go into some sort of demonic trance. Well, Jesus wants us to get absolutely high on Holy Spirit and just have a ball. And, yeah, you've probably seen me do that. The reason is you tap into something. It breaks stuff off you when you dance. Um, So, yes, that is dancing. So Psalm 149, we're going to look at that one and read a few verses because I want it to... uh Prompt us. Right. Shout if you found it. Yes, I found it. Thank you. All right. So, you might want to read the whole thing, but let's start from one. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Now, I haven't even touched on singing, really. And his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their Maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. So get your tambourine and do a jig. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. And verse 4 of uh, the next Psalm 150 says, Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. So it repeats it. So dancing is a part of worship, and it is very powerful to break a negative mood. Yeah. It's, it's just powerful when you start to praise God. You know, the times I've jigged about my living room, just say, God, I will praise you. I will praise you with all my heart. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to, and I'm fed up with the stuff that's coming against me. And I just, yeah, come on. Something happens, you think, do you know, yeah, come on, God, you're good. You are good. And I'm not going to let stuff come against me. So. Where are we going with all this? Or are we going to worship in a minute or two? This is all in the Old Testament, but how much more should we as believers in the New Testament under the New Covenant use and demonstrate all these things? But I do want to say it's not for the sake of it. We don't want to dance and shout just because. You know, Isaiah 29, verse 13, it says, They praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I don't want us to get into that place of, well, I lift my hands and I'm thinking about the dinner. I'm thinking about next week and the meetings that might be happening. Ah, wait a minute. Come on. Get your heart close to God. Got John's Gospel, chapter 4, 23 and 4. Jesus said this, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Psalm hundred and three. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my all my inmost being bless his holy name. You know, God wants us to put everything into this. He wants us to be willing to break out of He wants us to get wild. Now I know it challenges British reserve. I know it challenges our Brit- I'm quite quietly spoken. Whatever. You need to discover the lion of the tribe of Judah lives inside you. <laughs> he roars. And I want to encourage us with all of these things about just break out. If you feel convicted, l- cooperate with him. Do something new. Do, th- do something fresh. Judah 6, verse 5, I think that says. Love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Yeah. You know, if you go to a football match, if you're into football, you get excited. Anything that gets you excited, let's say if you do the postcode lottery or whatever they call it, and you win 125,000 quid, you won't just go, oh, thank you, on the doorstep. Would you go, oh, wow, this is amazing. Come here, look, what's happened? Look, I've got a check for it. You get excited. Well, look, we have a truth that is far greater. Jesus Christ, who died, went to hell, got the keys of hell and death, has risen from the dead. And we have an answer for this world. It's something to get excited about. Okay, you've been very patient, and I've got one or two little things to quickly, quickly go through. I could stop there, but I don't want to because there are two things I want to leave you with. Praise is a war cry. Look at Joshua 6, I believe. You might need to check it. The walls of Jericho fell down when the children of Israel marched round and shouted and blew the trumpets on the seventh day of doing it. 2 Chronicles 20, 21 and 2. Jehoshaphat, the leader, the king of Israel, I think it was. Israel or Judah, I can't remember. I better check. Judah, thank you, which is key. Sent the singers and musicians out in front of the army. To praise the God of Israel and the Lord set ambushes on their enemies, the enemies of Israel, Judah, and they slaughtered each other. So God's people didn't even need to do anything. And I often thought, well, you know, maybe those musicians are thinking, oh, God, you've got to come through for us, please. We're in the head of the army. We've got no defense. But well, they praised God. That was their defense. Yeah. Psalm 149, 6 to 9. Let's have a look at that. We were there a moment ago. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Now. Translate it into a new covenant terminology. It's about, as we praise, we are executing judgment on demonic strongholds. In communities, in our own families, in our nation. As we praise, God is doing something with a two-edged sword in our mouth that is breaking darkness. There is power in praise. Okay, And I could spend a whole preacher on that, but I haven't got time. So secondly, key thing I really want us to... Uh, Here, before we go into a time of worship, is these three scriptures. So John 17, 3, Jesus is talking and he says this. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Psalm 22, 3, we've already said it. God is holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. God is enthroned in our praises. And in Psalm 76, 1, In Judah, which is another word for praise, God is known. Okay. In praise and worship of God, he is gracious enough to reveal himself to us. We see him afresh. We see new aspects of his nature and the glories of his great work in Jesus. As the things of earth fade away in worship, we see him. That's why worship is so important, to give God time in worship, to let him show himself in worship. And remembering, pointing back to last week, I said that we satisfy Jesus first, allow our worship to come to him, and then we may bring contributions unless Holy Spirit comes upon you in a prophetic word. Please come bring it because it's key for that moment. But there's a place for contribution, excuse me, which we can hold to the end of our time. So we're satisfying Jesus that we're each individually focused on him and lifting up his name. I'm just going to read before we start. I don't know whether we're ready to kick off in our time of worship to Jesus today. I just want to read. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. I haven't talked about thanksgiving either, particularly, but there is major power in thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we're not ourselves. We are are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to this sermon from Freedom Church. We'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us. Find out more about us on social media. Just search Freedom Church Leads or email us at hello at Let's stand to our feet, Can we guys. I love that idea that we are kind of the advanced troops as it were, as worshippers we're, we're leading the army of God and that we're breaking strongholds in our worship, we're, we're advancing the kingdom of God with our praise so let's picture that, let's imagine that as we, as we sing out to God this morning, that we're advancing his kingdom and that through, 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 through what we're doing, we're breaking strongholds both in ourselves and out in the world, Thank you <laughs>